Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. 50-50 split. I'm sure um, some people... Who's had a snow day? Yeah, you got to stay off work. Who had to go to work all week? <laughs> yes, as normal. So that was... Uh, yeah, that kind of correlates with the people who didn't like the snow and did like the snow, funnily enough. Now, I'm going to be speaking this morning on facing your fears, facing our fear, fears in this fearless series. And this is not in my notes, but as Andy was speaking, I was reminded of Proverbs 28, where it says, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, we're not talking this morning about fear. We're talking about being fearless, being courageous. And that proverb, as I was thinking about it just in the service, just now, the wicked flee, though, no one pursues. That's fear, isn't it? What, running away from something that you actually don't even know what you're running away from. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, if we want to overcome in our world today, we've got to be bold. We've got to be courageous. We've got to have a resolute spirit and step in to all God has got for us. Now, who knows that fear is not always a negative emotion? Yeah, it's not always a negative emotion. Fear isn't. See, at its best, fear can help us and stop us stepping into some pretty crazy things. You know, you don't go round that roundabout at 120 miles an hour because you are scared of crashing, yeah? Fear can help us. At its best, it helps us. But at its worst, fear disables us from stepping in to all we are called to be. Now, I think when you talk about being fearless, I think you have to look at children because kids are fearless, aren't they? Yeah, kids are fearless. Like my little boy, he'll jump on my skateboard. He'll be jumping off of, you know, this stage. You've probably seen him do it. Off of our dining room table. I I, I didn't put him on there. Please don't report me after this. Off of the house? No, not really. Uh, He just runs riot. He looks after himself. That's fine. But he's fearless, and he's definitely his father's son, because I definitely, as a kid, was fearless. I remember, like, my second or third time that we went skiing, snowboarding with my, my parents, and we stayed in this little, um, this little apartment, and it was like kitchen and living room, a little toilet, and then we were all, the four of us, my sister, my mum, dad, and me, were all staying in this little bedroom. My sister and I on these bunk beds, I was, of course, on the top bunk, and uh, my mum and dad on the floor on a mattress below us. And in the middle of the night, now I don't remember this, but I have it on good authority that this is the case. In the middle of the night, I do no more than swing my legs over the side of the bed and say, Dad, can I jump now? (laughs) Mum and dad like looking up, I'm like, no, do not jump. That very same holiday... I was, uh, I don't think I've ever been short of confidence, especially as a kid. And I was snowboarding uh, on piste. And if you've been snowboarding, you'll know what that means. But basically, there are designated runs. And we were snowboarding down these designated runs. Now, on these runs, the snow is super compact. And it's like pretty much like falling on the floor here. It's not nice and soft like it would be with some of the fluffy snow we've had this week. So being, you know, the experienced snowboarder I was, having one week under my belt, I thought, you know what I can do? I'm going to do a front flip. So <clears throat> I went up the side, this ledge, this ledge was probably five or six feet tall. I went up it and I thought, here we go, jumped, went for the front flip in the air. I'm like, yes, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to tell my friends. And the next thing, boom, crash, landed straight on my head. <laughs> like literally flat on my head, landed. See, I was fearless. But more than fearless, I was reckless. 
And that recklessness led to me being in for the rest of the day with a bumped head. See, in this series, we aren't talking about being reckless. We're talking about being courageous. If you say to me, Josh, I want to face my fears. I'm scared of a tiger. Like, do not go and face the tiger. Like, that is a bad idea. Like if you say, you know, I'm scared of great white sharks. I'm going to jump in with a great white shark. Look, you will die. I, I just be honest. That's reckless. That's not courageous. That's just stupid. We're not talking about being reckless. We're talking about being courageous. See, while we don't want to be reckless... I think that 95% of our society, probably more than that, don't have a problem with being reckless, but being fearful or overcautious. I'd hate to know how many people haven't stepped into the greatness they were called to because of fear stopping them. How many people haven't stepped into their God-ordained destiny because they've been overcautious, because fear has disabled them and stopped them in the tracks. I see fear like this. It's like weeds that grow in a beautiful garden. And as the weeds grow, what do weeds do? They dominate, don't they? They take the beautiful flowers. They ruin the garden. And the the weeds have grown and grown and grown. And the flowers diminish and diminish as the weeds grow. I look around our society today and I believe that fear has overtaken our society. You just have to look at the stats. The statistics show that 40% of all disability worldwide is caused by depression and anxiety. A large proportion of the roots of depression and anxiety come from fear. The funny thing is this, we've never been safer, we've never had a longer life expectancy, but we're more scared than ever before. Fears at epidemic levels in our world. People are scared to go out. People are scared to speak in public. People are scared to be honest. People are scared to take a risk. People are scared to to do anything, it seems, at times these days. See, I believe that the devil, now we don't always talk about the devil, but sorry to say he's real. The devil has used this good human emotion of fear and exaggerated it to stop you stepping in to what you were called to be. If you're breathing, if you're listening to me this morning on podcast, you've experienced fear. If I asked us by show of hands who's experienced fear, every single person who's honest would put their hands up. The fear of, fear of failure, of hurt, of rejection, of pain, of what might happen, of what might not happen. Fear in your finances, fear of death, fear of speaking in front of people, fear of being in public, fear of being exposed. We've all experienced fear. Being courageous, it's not just for the extroverts. I think we look at people who, you know, don't mind stepping on a stage like this or, or, you know, are quite loud or seem confident. It's not about being an extrovert or an introvert. It's not about what's on the outside. It's actually about what's on the inside. Some of the most extroverted people I know are crippled by fear. It's not about being big on the outside. It's about, about being big on the inside. So if, you're, if you feel fear, if you're fearful right now, I've got good news for you today. Fear is a liar. It's a liar. Fear is a liar. See, the best lies, and if you've been a liar, you know, please don't lie anymore, but if you've been a liar, you will know that the best lies are based upon a foundation of truth. Yeah, anybody? Yeah, the best lies are based upon a foundation of truth. So if I said to you, like, 
guys, I drove here in my Ferrari this morning, parked out the front door, and I've got a hundred million pounds in my bank account. And you'd be like, Josh, I saw you pull up in your Citroen C3. You're like, I, that's not true. But if I said to you, if I said, look, I drive around a Citroen C3 because, you know, I just want to seem like a, you know, a normal guy, like I've got it all together. Um, but I've got a million pounds in my bank account. You might say, yeah, I can see that. Now, I've not got a million pounds in my bank account. But you see where I'm coming from. The best lies are based upon a foundation of truth. They're not crazy, outlandish things from nowhere. The best lies, the believable lies, are based upon a foundation of truth. And this is what the devil's done. He's taken this good emotion of fear, an element of truth, because there's risk to everything we do, yeah? There was risk when you stepped out of the house this morning. There was risk when I put these slippy shoes on in the ice. There was a risk when you came to church today. There is risk to all we do. But what the devil's done is taken that risk and he's amplified it to a point where we feel and we see like we can't do anything. I was speaking to a friend of mine about a dream that they had and how they wanted to step into it. But, and we were just chatting about it and talking around a few ideas. And he said, it's amazing to talk about this. He said, because I couldn't see how it could work in my own head. That's fear. That's fear. It shows you, it, it, it gives you no other option apart from it will fail. It won't work. You can't do it. <clears throat> in Mark 4... We see the disciples in a position where you could say that they're scared to death. The disciples are scared to death. Mark 4 verse 35, it says this. I'm going to come up on the screens. Here we go. My eyes are getting worse, definitely. <laughs> that day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This account is in Matthew, Mark and Luke. We, we get it in three out of the four gospels. And I believe that God, that Jesus is trying to teach us something through this account. And I believe that one of those things he's trying to teach us is how we can handle fear, how we can face fear, and how we can overcome fear. See, the first thing I see from this account is that we should go to Jesus. Is that we should go to Jesus. Now, let's just put ourselves in the context of the disciples just for a second. Now, it's said that they've been in, in meetings effectively all day. Jesus had been teaching all day, large crowds. And the disciples were effectively on the serving team. You know, they were shaking their hands. They were welcoming people at the door. They were putting teas and coffees on at the back. They'd had a long day. And I think that they were looking to kick him back and relax on this boat as they went to the other side. I think they just wanted to chill out. Like, I know like Andy, you know, he seems perfect up on the stage. You know, he, he, he puts a great... You know, when he shakes your hand, it's lovely. Andy is perfect. But 
But, you know, that, that like, takes something from you. And these guys, they've been doing that all day. And they, they were just tired. Like, they, they were just done. They were ready. But Jesus had been teaching all day as well. So I think these guys, the disciples, like, look, Jesus, uh, look, look, we're, we're fishermen. We, we know what we're doing up here. You go downstairs, chill out, like, have a sleep. I know you've been busy. We've got this. Like, Jesus, we're men. Just leave it to us. You just go downstairs and enjoy yourself down there. Go get some rest. See, as they got further from the shore, it was apparent that this journey was like no other they'd been on before. The wind starts to howl, the waves rise, the lightning strikes. It increases, gets worse and worse, like the freaking out, the losing the plot as we would be. You know, this wasn't, a, this wasn't like a P&O cruise. <laughs> this wasn't like a Disney you know, Dreamliner. This was not that, that, that special cruise boat. This was like a, a boat made by men, a wooden boat. Uh, this was not this huge boat. This was like scary. They're freaking out. They're losing the plot. And someone in the middle of this confusion, in the middle of this chaos, like, where's Jesus? Has he fallen over the back of the boat? Like, I've not seen him. Another of the disciples goes you're not going to believe this he's asleep downstairs he's asleep downstairs now I don't know if you've ever been in a bit of a spot and instead of going to someone for help you just try and deal with it on your own but inside you're getting more and more frustrated yeah anybody anybody been there for example I'm glad my wife's not in this morning for example I was at a place uh, called Meadow Hall the other week. Uh, someone in this room calls it Meadow Hell. Uh, <laughs> Meadow Hall the other week, and uh, Helen needed to get her phone fixed. And we've got two, two little, little children, uh, two, a two-year-old and like a six-month-old. And um, being the incredible man that I am, we were in a coffee shop. I said, babe, you go and sort your phone out. Leave the kids with me. <laughs> now, you've got to know... For like 10 minutes, I was the man of the year. Like, honestly, it was phenomenal. Like people were high-fiving Judah. Willow was like smiling at me. It was beautiful. Like honestly, it was a scene out of a Hollywood movie. Uh, honestly, I was like, come on, someone give me an Oscar for best dad. Like, please, I, I need that. For 10 minutes, it was unbelievable until Willow was sick, Right? Uh, guys, who likes sick here? Any men in here who like dealing with sick? No, we don't like sick. As soon as I smell sick, I want to be sick myself. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like to the guy behind the counter. Do you, do you want to just come and look after? <laughs> right, so I thought, no, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. I looked down to get the muslin. It's gone. I looked down to get a wipe. Helen's taken the bag. I'm like, I'm like nearly being sick of myself. I'm like, what am I going to do, okay? But I, I'm a man. I, I keep it together. I get some wipes. I try and sort this out, some stuff on the table. I, I've got to tell you, like, for that first 10 minutes, everything's changed. Like, Judah, all of a sudden, he's, like, swinging off the woman's hair next to me. Like, Willow is crying. She's just had enough. Like, for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. And you've got to know, inside, I'm, like, losing the plot. I'm like, where is Helen? <laughs> Like, what's she doing going away for like 20 minutes? This is a disgrace. But I'm like, she's fixing her phone. It's okay. She, she, she's got to get her phone fixed until. I've got to tell you, it looked like a hurricane had hit me and my two children. 
I, it just looked like I'd walk through the beast from the east. It was like unbelievable. Until I see my wife gliding through Meadow Hall, right, with a Zora bag. <laughs> a Zora, like, she's, I, was, I was like, babe, you were going to get your phone fixed. She's like, no, I just had to pop in the other cell. No, I'm like, babe, I'm dying here. Honestly, like, these kids have pulled me to pieces for the last 20 minutes. See, I could have gone to her. I could have like tried to give her a call. I could have done a few things, but I was just being a martyr. Like I was getting more and more frustrated. I think that is where the disciples are at this point. I think that's where they are. I think they're frustrated. I think like we need Jesus' help. Where is Jesus? But they're trying to keep it all together. See, these were experienced fishermen, a lot of them. They'd grown up around this water and they knew. That if it, they knew how bad it was, like they knew that this boat was going down. Yeah. It's a tough situation. And they walk down to Jesus and like, hey, like, Jesus, we're about to die. And this is the word, this is funny, this is the bit that shows me that they, they were feeling like this. Don't you care? Don't you care? Jesus walks upstairs, he calmly commands the wind and the waves to be quiet. He says, boys, where's your faith? Boys, where's your faith? Now, I don't know about you, but this seems a bit harsh. Now, it's easy to, to look at it in this sterile environment this morning, you know, atmosphere of faith, all that. But, but like, this seems a bit harsh to me. Like, these were in a life and death situation. And Jesus goes, boys, where's your faith? Anybody else think that seems harsh? I think that seems harsh. But I think we read it, Possibly in the wrong, wrong context. I think that we read this and think that Jesus was saying to them, guys, you should have calmed the wind and the waves yourselves. Yeah. He wasn't saying that. He wasn't saying that. See, Jesus was questioning, Lord, don't you care? It wasn't that they went, it was how they went. Lord, don't you care? See, this is the language, it is question, this frustrated language. Because I think that Jesus is trying to say to them, guys, like, you know I care. You know I'm here for you. You know the miracles that I worked. Guys, I love you. I've demonstrated this. You have seen this as you've walked with me day by day. You know I care. See, Jesus wanted them to go to him knowing that he cares. And that he can come through. Jesus wanted them to go to him knowing that he cares and that he can come through. I don't know what you're going through today, but I need to tell you this, that Jesus cares, but also he can come through. See, we don't just have a God who's like namby-pamby and just, it's just like nice, like a nice tap on the back. You're going to be okay. That's okay. That's nice. It's good that he cares. But we don't just have a God who cares. We have a God that can come through. And in your financial situation, he cares and he can come through. In your health issue, he cares and he can come through. In that problem in your family, he cares and he can come through. He cares and he can come through. So I wonder also if Jesus was questioning when they went. The timing of when they went. Because they went when disaster was about to strike. They were about to go down. It was game over. They thought, Jesus like, we're about to die. We're going down. 
I think again, he's saying, guys, you could have come to me so much earlier. You didn't have to freak out. You didn't have to lose the plot. You know by now that you can come to me. The problem is this. Jesus was a carpenter, i.e. not a fisherman. uh, These guys, a lot of them, like I said, they were fishermen. They'd grown up on this water. They were experts in the field. And have you ever heard it said that your best, the biggest strength can also be your worst weakness, yeah? See, I don't have a problem with going to Jesus in my weakness. I have a problem going to him when I think I know what's best. And I think these guys thought that they knew best in this situation. Jesus is just a carpenter. We know best. We can sort this out. But it got to a place where their expertise was not enough. What area are you an expert in? What area do you know best and you're not letting God speak into your life? Go early. Go at the start. You see, you don't defeat fear through confidence in yourself. You defeat it through faith in God. If you want to overcome your fear, the first thing you should do is stop trying to do it in your strength. Stop facing it on your own and give it to God. Constantly, daily, give it to him. As you go to him, as you spend time with him, you will experience the peace that he has and not the craziness of this world that we live in. See, they ultimately did the right thing by going to Jesus. Why do you have, you know, guys, where's your faith? That's not because they went to him. He's just questioning how. See, going in desperation works. When everything's, when everything's fallen to pieces, when your life's fallen around you, when you're in the bleakest and darkest situation, going to Jesus in desperation, it works. He's a gracious God. He loves us. But you know what's better? Going to him in faith. Going to him in faith. He wants you to go knowing that he cares and that he can come through. When you're going through a storm, when you're hurting, when you're scared, when the world's falling around you, can you have a faith in God that he'll come through? See, faith in God's a starting point to facing our fears and overcoming them. The next thing I see is this, is that we should trust what he says. We should trust what he says. Now, at the start of this account, we see this like almost filler line. It's like a, it seems like a bit of filler just taking us from the teaching previously to the boat situation. It just seems like a, a bit of a bridge just to get over to that where, where Jesus says, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. See, Jesus had said they were going to the other side. If Jesus would have said, guys, if we step on this boat, it's going to be the last journey of your life and it's game over. (laughs) That's not a good idea to get on that boat. They were going down. But Jesus had said, let us go to the other side. We get paralyzed by fear when we listen to the world over the voice of God. When we listen to our own expertise over the voice of Jesus. Jeremiah 29, the prophetic word to you and me in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We so quickly listen to the voice of fear over the voice of the world, don't we? It's so easy to run to that voice of fear that it won't work, that it'll it'll never come through, that you'll never be healed, that your financial situations will never go away. We so easily and quickly listen to that voice over the voice of God. 
Now, I don't know if you, you were here for our frequency series, but if you missed that, I would encourage you to go back and to take a listen because what we talked about is tuning out from the voice of the world and tuning in to the voice of God. See, as we tune into God's voice, we understand what He thinks about us, who He, he calls us to be, what He says, His promises over our lives. I want to say to you today, God has a plan for you. God has a, it's a plan to prosper you. It's not a plan to harm you. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He hasn't let anybody down and he isn't about to start with you. See, when you trust and when you are faced with fear, the way we overcome it is by listening to what God says and trusting it. God God isn't like us. He's not like me. He's not a man that he should lie. He is perfect. His word is final. What he says goes. See, when he says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ, that's the case. When he says that you were called to more than you can ask or imagine, he means it. When he says that perfect love casts out fear, that is the way it is. Listen to his voice. Let's listen to his word over the voice of the world. When I set up my business, people were like, aren't you scared? Like you've got a kid, you know, baby on the way, you've got a little young family. Um, because, you know, I was stepping in something where I literally could earn nothing for forever. And uh, people were like, you know, are you scared? Da, da, da. And, and there was a fear factor. But because I had a confidence in God, because I had a confidence in his word, because I'd spoke to God about this, because I'd asked God to close the door if it was wrong, I could have confidence that he would be with me, that he would go before me, that he'd protect me, and that he would provide for me. And you know what? When you trust God's word and you stand on God's word, he always comes through. He always comes through. I'm not saying about me just saying I'm going to do this and that and doing it. I've committed my life to God. God knows that my heart is to please him. I'm not perfect, but my heart's to please God. And I've said, God, lead me. God, guide me. And when you do that, you realise that his word is a lamp, a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. You realise that. Because I know God's with me, I can step into all he's called me to be because I trust his word, because I trust what he says about me, because I know that his promises are yes and amen, I can step into my God-ordained future. The band are going to come up as I just speak about this last little bit. And the last thing I see is this, is that we shouldn't let our past dictate our future. Don't let your past dictate your future. Now, I think the other two points are solid, but you can, if you wanted to, you know, theologically, you could disagree a little bit. Not theologically, but maybe uh, from this story, you could disagree a little bit. Because we don't know this for sure. It doesn't say it in the, in the scripture. But I just wonder that these men who had grown up around this, uh, this lake, these men who had grown up around and on this water, I just wonder if in the past they had seen, they'd lost friends to this water, I wonder if they'd lost family members to storms on this water. I wonder if the reason they knew they were going down was because they knew what it was like in the past, what it had been like before. I wonder if they were so scared because they'd lost friends and family members to this body of water, what had happened in the past. See, we can let our, our past failures dictate our future. These guys, they were certain they were going down. Now, just to flick back to my snowboarding story, here's the funny thing. I've been snowboarding now for 20 years. I'm more skilled, I'm more experienced, I'm better than I was before. 
But here's the funny thing. I've never tried to do a front flip ever again. <laughs> Is that because I remember the day in, in the house? that because I remember the pain of the head? Maybe. Maybe it is. But I've got all the skills to do it now. I could probably go out there and learn to do it, but I've never done it. Is that because of what happened in the past? Maybe it is. See, we let our past failure dictate what we do in the future. How many people have not tried to launch that business because a business failed in the past? How many people have stopped telling people about their faith because one person didn't listen? How many of us have stopped taking risks because of that previous circumstance? How many people have stopped trusting God because you prayed for something and what you wanted didn't come through? See, if you want to overcome fear, you have to stare down the disappointment and the pain of previous failures. You have to face it head on and not let it stand in the way of who you were called to be. I think the craziest thing we do is let someone else's past experience dictate what we do as well. Because we do that. No, no, it didn't work for that person, so it can't work for me. No, that, that person said it'd never work, so, so it'll never work for me. See, life's gold is found in the moments when we step out in faith and expectation. Knowing that God will come through, knowing that he will be there, knowing that it might be scary right now, but God will come through. How do you build faith? Well, you build faith by getting, building up a bank of faith. And as I know that in my past, that God has been there for me, as I know that in my past, that God's provided for me, you know what I can do in the future? I can step out again, knowing that he's there, knowing that he's looking after me, knowing that he's with me, knowing that he's never going to let me down, knowing that he's going to be there in front of me. See, people who maximise their potential, they don't always succeed. It's a lie. If you think that, you know, that person, you know, Christian or, 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 you know, Alan Sugar or whoever you look to, David Beckham, we look at these people and we think, oh, they've got it so easy. They've always succeeded. It's been easy. That is not the case. People who maximise their potential get beyond the failures and the hurt of the past. They learn from it and step in to all the call to be. Listen to this. Winston Churchill, who's heard of Winston Churchill? He struggled in school and failed key tests. He lost many election campaigns until he led the UK to win World War II. What if he would have said in his 40s, I've had enough, it's game over. Like, I can't, take the disappointment anymore I don't want to put myself out there I'm just going to shrink back and just take a back seat what if we would have done that who knows what would have happened Thomas Edison the man who invented the light bulb this is funny he was told he was too stupid to learn anything by a teacher he notoriously failed in inventing the light bulb 1,000 times a reporter said to him how did, you, how did you fail a thousand times and carry on? He said, I didn't fail a thousand times. He said, I just found a thousand ways not to do it. What if he would have stopped on the 10th? What if he would have stopped on the 20th, on the 30th, on the 100th, on the 500th attempt? Maybe today our world will look incredibly different because this man did not step into all he was called to be. He didn't step beside the disappointment into the man he was called to be. Finally, someone who I love, Walt Disney. Who's heard of Walt Disney? This is, this is really funny. He was fired from a job 
because he had no imagination and lacked good ideas. His ideas and imagination have impacted hundreds of millions of people all over the world today. What if he would have said after that disappointment, now I'm going to stop drawing like... I, I'm going to stop believing that, that I, can actually, I can actually change something. I'm going to stop believing I can make people happy. I'm going to stop believing that I can start something in my own. Hundreds of millions of people today wouldn't have had the joy of seeing all that stuff in America, on TV, all that, all that stuff. Amazing. I want to ask today, what failure in your past is stopping you from stepping into all you're called to be? What hurt? What rejection, what pain is stopping you from stepping in to be the person you're called to be? What fear is stopping you from stepping in to all God has called you to be? See, everyone fails, but successful people see failure as a learning opportunity and not an opportunity to stop. See, the fears that we don't face, the fears we don't face become our limitations. If you're shrinking back from a fear, if there's something in your history that you're shrinking back from and you, you, you just can't face it, I've got to tell you this, it's stopping you. It's stopping you from pressing in to being the person you were called to be. Arena Church, don't let fear cripple you. Don't let fear stop you from stepping into who you were called to be. Go to God. Trust what he says and don't let what's happened in the past stop you from stepping into all you're called to be. Listen, we all feel fear. This is not a message like, guys, go out of here and never fear again. That is impossible. But what we do do is this. We feel fear, we face it down and we say, you know what, God, we're going to do this anyway. We're going to go for it. Where are the people who are going to stand up with a courageous and a bold spirit? Where are the people who are going to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to change my world for Jesus. I don't care what's happened in the past. I don't care what people say, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be counted for God. I'm going to stand up and live a life that actually is far bigger than I'm called to. I'm going to actually make some heads turn because I'm going to do stuff that people never said I could do. There are people in this place this morning, you've had all sorts of stuff said about you. People have said that you'll never do it, that you'll never amount to much, that you'll never go far. You've failed, you've messed up. You've got it wrong. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God's got far more planned for you than what's been in your past. Everything that's been stolen, everything that's been taken, the rubbish, the hurt, the pain, he says, listen, face your fear and step into all I've called you to. Step into all I've got for you. Step into the bigness you were called to be. The emotion I feel is not because I've got a fear that's holding me back. Frankly, I'm I'm stepping into something bigger with God. I feel it this morning because I know there's people in this place who you have stopped stepping into what God's called you to be. You've just sat down and you've said, I've had enough. I've had too much pain. I've had too much hurt. But God is saying this morning to you, go again. It's time to stand up. It's time to be the person I called you to be. Come on, all around this place, let's stand this morning. 
morning. God is calling you to something bigger. He's calling you to a bigger life. He's calling you to more than you can ask or think or imagine. Come on, all around this place. Just lift your hands to heaven. I want to pray for you this morning. God, there are people in this place this morning, Father, who need breakthrough. There are people in this place this morning, God, who need you to come through. God, I pray in your mighty name, in your power, Holy Spirit, that you would empower people to break through, that you would empower people to face their fears and step in to more than they can ask, more than they could think, and more than they can imagine. God, that the fear of the past, that the fear of failure, God, that they would get past, then they would step in to the bigness and the more that you have called us to. God, we honour you. God, we love you. God, we worship you. You are the name above all names. God, we can walk out here in confidence, not in us, but in you, because we know that you have no rival, that you have no equal, that you are the name above all names. Come on, let's worship God. Come on, band, let's sing it. Hey. Come on, all over this place, let's lift it to God. Come on, let's break for you. Hey. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grace.